This is the Satanic Panic, a podcast where we discuss the events and cultural shifts that morphed into a modern-day witch hunt. So far, we've covered the events and court cases that comprise the Satanic Panic. Today, we're going to discuss the backlash to the panic and the groups that formed in order to protect citizens from persecution. We will also bring the Satanic Panic up to the modern day and discuss the lasting effects it had on our society. We're your hosts, Hannah and Cameron, and listener discretion is advised. Also in the Satanism, the seduction of America's youth. The remains of mutilated. I was so brainwashed. Six, the sign of the devil. The Church of Satan. In the devil's name. The power with devil worship and satanic beliefs. Babies that were Babies would be sacrificed. Sick dogs. And now, the first family of Satanism. Pervert. So, do you want to just jump right in? Today we're going to be talking to you about a couple different factions that made up something in the 80s called the Memory Wars. We're going to just jump right in and talk about a case that kind of highlights what was going on with the therapists at the time. Okay. This is the story of Patty Burgess from Iowa. So like many women, she started suffering from a pretty severe bout of depression, postpartum depression, after giving birth to her second child. Like Brooke Shields. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> there was that whole thing with her and Tom Cruise in Scientology. Oh, yeah. He said where it was he all said, in her mind. Mm-hmm. And she was like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah, rightfully. Short piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm quoting. Patty Bur- Brooke Shields. <laughs> yeah, the quote Brooke Shields. 2001. 2001. <laughs> Patty Burgess, she developed some depression and she went to her therapist, as one does. And wasn't getting any better. I don't think she was seeing her therapist for very long before they were like, "Mm, you're not getting any better. I'm going to send you to a specialist in Chicago. And the specialist that she got sent to was Bennett Braun. Uh Uh-oh. Bennett Braun at the Rush Presbyterian St. Luke's Medical Center opened one of the first, or if not the first, I think it might have been the first. The number one. The number one unit meant to explore multiple personality disorders. So it was called the Disassociative Disorders Unit. So he set up like in probably like a clinic somewhere, his own little wing Mm -hmm. for NPD. Yeah, not even like a little clinic, a a pretty big hospital in Chicago. In the old Windy City. And uh, so she, Patty Burgess, got sent to him. He opened the clinic in 1987. Her first treatments began in 1986, so she was sent to him shortly after. So she saw a therapist for about a year. Mm -hmm. She goes to Bennett Braun and is told pretty much right off the bat, oh, you were were obviously sexually abused as a child. Clearly. Yeah. They didn't discuss any other options. They didn't discuss, like, what possibly could have been going on with the just regular postpartum depression. Yeah, it's a chemical imbalance. So they started giving her Xanax. She was treated for six years with these horrible hypnotic therapies that we've been talking about, like, pretty much up until this point. During the course of the treatment, they decided that she was part of this like royal bloodline from Croatia that had been cool. <laughs> that had, yeah what a satanic princess <laughs> oh yeah that's me yeah so she needed to cut contact with her family and they went so far as saying things like their her mom sent her like a valentine's day card and they were like oh that red in the valentine's day card signifies blood which is a trigger it's a trigger for you and you're a killing machine 
So if you see the color red, you're going to start killing people. I do that. I'm like a bull. <laughs> like, yeah. Erg. I'm pissed. So she was separated from her family, which is one of the main signs of a cult. I mean, this isn't a cult, technically, but like separating you from your family is a pretty big deal. It's ringing some Scientology bells. Yeah, exactly. And they started treating her young children. They were four and five. Oof. They convinced her that if she didn't bring her children in, the cycle of abuse was going to continue. They were shown and taught how to handcuff, use knives and revolvers, and they showed them how it might be used to, like, hurt children. So they would, like, bring in a revolver and be like, look, you can shoot something, bang, bang. Have you ever been shot at? And the kids would be like, oh, I've been shot at, like, right now. he's claiming that these kids don't remember, but they were, like, deep into a satanic cult? Yeah, a Croatian Extending from the 15th century. So they don't remember because they were like reincarnated? Just because they don't remember. But they're five. Mm -hmm. And they already have forgotten. When did this happen? Today. When they were four? Yeah, like all the time. (laughs) It just, it never, it makes zero sense. There's this really interesting statistic. I didn't know this. And I don't even know that I'm really understanding. But it says that a person's ancestral pool... 20 generations back, which is as far as they're claiming they can go, they can trace their bloodline in Croatia. Not only their bloodline, but their satanic bloodline. For 20 generations, it amounts to 1,048,000 people. Yeah. So I'm connected to like millions of people. That yes. I've, if you go back. It's not just my family Exactly. Tree. So it's to say like that you spans. can trace your bloodline, like, yeah, you could probably trace it to literally everyone. On Earth, if you're and, claiming to go back as far as 15th centuries. Okay. And how many steps does it take to get to Kevin Bacon? <laughs> 20 ancestral generations of Kevin Double Bacon. Double smoked sausage, <laughs> sausage from a pig, Kevin Bacon. Oh, my God. We got I it. ate Kevin Bacon for breakfast oh this morning. Oh, my God. Can I get the Kevin Bacon? We don't know what that is, ma'am. Um, Make it for me. I'm not. Oh, I heard a quote recently on some really awesome trash television. He said, I'm not entitled. I just want what I want when I want it. And if I don't get it, I throw a fit. That's what entitled is. <laughs> Isn't that the exact definition of entitled? Back. Okay. We digress. Back so, to Bennett Braun. Bennett Braun. Yeah. So we, it's kind of this age old tale that we've been telling. Lots of abuse, lots of just crazy information. And then she and her husband finally decide, wait a minute, this can't possibly be true. They go back to Iowa. They tour all of the places that she grew up. And I'm like, this isn't real. She like comes to her senses. She stops taking all the Xanax and the prescription pills that they're giving her. And she sues and wins. Nice. Yeah. $10.6 million settled. I think it was out of court. Because they knew that if it went to court, it would be even more. Mm -hmm. I imagine that's why people settle out of court, right? Yeah. Well, and like the hard, it just court takes so long. Yeah. It's like, fine, we'll just give you a shitload of money. Shut up. It stopped because I stopped following Dr. Braun's orders. I stopped taking the medication and I stopped stopped being involved in the hypnosis. And when my head started to clear after detoxing off of all of that medicine and my critical thinking skills started to return the switching stopped all these 
goofy things that were going on weren't happening anymore. And I was able to finally take a look at this and say, you know, wait a minute, where are all these bodies? Where are all these people that are supposed to be involved in this cult? So Bennett Braun loses his medical license, which is a pretty big deal because he was one of the founders of something called, it's changed its name a few times. Right now it's called the ISSTD, the International Society for Trauma and Dissociation. Okay. It initially was the ISSMPD, which is multiple personality disorders, and now they've changed it to trauma and dissociation to get around the fact that MPD has been kind of debunked. So he lost his medical license and got the shit. It was just suspended. I believe that he began practicing again. Okay. Which is really important because this shit is still going on. It was kind of like um a victorious moment in time Mm -hmm. when it was like, oh yeah, Bennett Brown, he's been brought down. But I mean, it wasn't long lasting. He was like, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. We're going to have some conferences. Yeah. So he was like bored. (laughs) (laughs) He was bored after he was not doing his thing anymore, ruining people's lives. So he was like, I know what I'll do. I'm going to set up an international organization about multiple personality disorder you have it you have it you, you have, have it you, you have, have the background identity disorder and you have i said just oh i can't you can't <laughs> I do that. Oh, too many acronyms so that began something called the memory wars but it's basically a showdown between the isstd and this other faction called the False Memory Syndrome Foundation. Okay. And they're the good guys. They are like the group of parents that came together in the 80s that were like, we need support. How do we deal with this? How do our families deal with this trauma that's going on? Okay. So they formed out of just, it was a bunch of little groups initially. There was one in like Philly, one in Dallas, one in... There was, like, Michigan. Canada was actually also really being hit hard by this. So then they came together through various routes. And there was, like, they would read an article and see that there was, oh, there was people here in Austin that were having problems. So they were, like, connecting. Mm -hmm. It's, like, all with similar experiences. Yeah. And it was the FMSF, False Memory Syndrome Foundation. Two of the main people were Peter and Pamela Freed were a couple whose daughter, their grown daughter, accused the father of sexual molestation and ritual abuse. So they were scholars at John Hopkins University, and they were kind of the driving force that brought everyone together. Okay. So and they noticed that it wasn't just them that was experiencing exactly. it. Exactly. So they're like, let's join forces. And it's a little more than like a support group where it's like, let's get together and cry. It's more of like an active role in let's fighting get together against. And kick ass. Exactly. Okay. Like mad mothers against drunk driving. They're not just like sitting around being sad. They're like they're sitting around being mad. They're sitting around being mad as hell, and they're gonna do something about it. Exactly. So the FMSF, if you go on their website, that is such a horrible acronym. I know. There's. I'm sorry, guys. There's so many acronyms. I can't even say it. SFMSF. So if you hear any combination of those letters, what I mean is FMSF. Okay. It might come out different ways. They, If you go to their website, it's pretty outdated looking. I don't know how much. I mean, I think that they still up, 
keep it because there's like a ton of articles on there that look pretty current. But it looks like one of those like night like I don't think they've updated it since like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like a heavy looking website. There's no like sleekness to it at all. I don't know how much money they have going into it anymore. Like a .gov kind of website. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what it looks like. Uh, they have a lot of statistics on there, though. They have a lot of really interesting information. They have graphs that show w- what an uptick. It goes like from the early 1900s. It's like pretty even keel. Oh, there's a couple civil and criminal cases against parents. And then in the 80s and 90s, it skyrockets to like hundreds per year. That's satanic panic. Exactly. And then it dives deeply down again around like 98, 99. Okay. So you get like multiple hundreds in that chunk of time Mm -hmm. and they have a really interesting statistic on there that says 80 percent of those cases asserted that they recovered their memories in therapy and 18 percent refused to say where they recovered it so using my scorching brain brain power here i'm gonna guess it (laughs) was in therapy therapy. (laughs) yeah and that would mean only two percent denied that it was in therapy so, so where else would it be? I mean, that's what we've been talking about forever yeah. is these therapists were getting a hold of them and convincing everybody. And then it spreads like wildfire. Yeah. There's one really interesting bit in this book. Try to remember. He talks about how he would have to turn away patients because they would come in and sometimes seek out a therapist to confirm I have MPD. And when he would be like, well, I feel like maybe it's this, this and this mm-hmm. instead, they would like curse at him and leave. Because they, or they want would, it? Yeah, because it was such a craze. <laughs> I mean, talk about grassroots earlier, yeah. you know. It was, it's like with all those people come out and say that they like, when somebody gets brutally murdered or something, mm-hmm. how many people come forward and say that they did it? Exactly. It's like, why would you just say that? That person's going to jail, you know? (laughs) Like, you you could just go to jail. You could rob anyone. You could steal a car. Maybe they just hate themselves and they hate their personality. So they're like, I wish I had another one. (laughs) I I mean, that's... I want I I empathize with that. (laughs) Yeah, I wish you had a different personality, too. (laughs) This one ain't working for me. I know. I left the house to go pick up my burrito earlier, and Cameron took one look at me and was like, you're wearing that? (laughs) I'm in leggings and socks and a sweater. I didn't think it was that bad. (laughs) It was bad. But she had to get that double smoked sausage burrito. Worth it. So anyway, people would come in seeking validation for it and they would go so far as to like bring in like their sisters or brothers and be like no look tell them tell him mm. i have i have it i have it and the the sisters and brothers sometimes they would sometimes they wouldn't but it never went well that's crazy but it makes sense any sort of craze like i said the fmsf website is kind of a piece of crap but it's got some hearty information on it well, and they're doing good work. They're they're definitely trying to fight against these psychiatrists that are still peddling this bullshit. Mm-hmm. And so that brings us to the website of the ISSTD. They're crazy. Which is a beautiful website. It looks like um like Kaiser almost. It's kind of like the Kaiser, just very calming, well maintained. They clearly spent money on this. Well, and it's recent. It used to not look like that, didn't it? Yeah, just a year ago, it was not nearly as polished so they clearly have stepped up their game they entered the 2000s well welcome yeah we've all been waiting (laughs) 
What's crazy about their website is that while it looks polished, once you start getting into the depth of it and start like really looking at the links and clicking around, you can see just how nuts it is. So they have coming up in March 2019 at the Sheridan Hotel in New York. That's next month. That is next month. They're hosting the World Congress on Complex Trauma. Okay. So this sounds legit. If I saw a sign, it's really nice. If I saw a sign that was like the conference on blah, 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 trauma, whatever you just said, I would be like, oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, cool. Nice. Medical. Yeah. Looks legit. Doctory. You start to get into the website and you click around a little bit and you start to see things that are kind of like, this doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. The people who are presenters for it, for this conference, they have a list of acceptable words that they can and cannot use. And what I think this does is navigate a legality because what they're presenting to you is really shady. And so if you don't use certain words, then, you know, the muddied waters of American suing, like, litigation. They vet the presenters like crazy, don't they? Yeah, not even the presenters, the attendees. Because, you know, 99% of the people that would want to go to that either don't know what it is or think that they're crazy like they wouldn't let us come in because they knew we would just make fun of it the whole time it's multiple hundreds of dollars to go and you have to basically prove that you are legitimately believe what they're doing yeah so here's a list of those words that you avoid and are not allowed to use no learn really no think critically understand grasp the significance of, improve, become, and grow. There's more, but those are my favorites. So literally nothing that gives any connotation of moving forward in thought. Or like real concrete. You can't say, oh, if you follow these steps, you will become better. Mm. You will get to know. No. 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 You can't say the word no. You can't learn. You say the word learn. Are you serious? Which makes, just shows how. They're covering their ass. Exactly. Because they know. And then. Sh- don't say that word. As. No. No. <laughs> Shut up, Hannah. They don't. You're sued. <laughs> and then you start to click on their presenters too. And you get people like uh, this guy, Colin Ross, who is the president. I don't know if it's the current president or the founder, but he's really involved in this <laughs> in this program called Stop Mind Abuse and Ritual. It's SMART. The acronym is SMART. Stop Mind Control and Ritual Abuse Today. That's not how you spell SMART. The R and the A are switched. <laughs> That's SMART. How did we not notice that before? <laughs> SMART. But their acronym is SMART, but it's definitely not the correct acronym. That is so funny. (laughs) SMART. SMART. (laughs) So, yes. So, um, Colin Ross, he's not the founder of it, but he's one of the past presidents. And he is one of the presenters coming up at this upcoming conference in March in the Sheraton. Great. Mm -hmm. So, he's more about mind control and ritual abuse. Which is just showing how it's still prevalent today. This guy's going around selling this idea to people in 2019. So if you go to the (laughs) SMRAT website, this is more reminiscent of what the ISSTD's website looked like a year ago even. 
it looks like that same kind of clunkiness from the early 2000s. And it talks about vendors that they support. They literally sell tinfoil hats. They do. Baseball caps lined with tinfoil. So that they're not going to be mind controlled at all. So I want my hat that says Satanic Princess to be lined with tinfoil. I want it to be pink and silver. Okay. Sparkly diamonds. Okay. Or Satanic Bitch. Yeah, Satanic Bitch. I like that. With a shiny tinfoil lining. You can go to all your baseball games oh my God, and I'm not so worry excited. about being mind controlled. I'm going to definitely custom order this. Yeah. We already have them on the rack. <laughs> Coming soon to a store near you. Smrat. Smrat. <laughs> <laughs> so they're the cuckoo pants ones who are involved in these meetings. What would you call it? I guess a convention. Yeah. It's the same people hosting the same conferences that they were doing back then when it, they had law enforcement involved. So when they were going around touring, teaching people about the dangers of satanic ritual abuse and multiple personality the disorder. Signs they're to still look for doing in your it. Teens. So it's still going on today mm-hmm. full force. And I mean not as obviously not as big as it was yeah, when those satanic I think they was. boast having like a 1500 or so members okay but if you think of those members as being scholars and people who are still connected still thinking that mind control and bloodlines of satanic cults are real yeah and then going out to brown university and byu and places like that and then teaching students yeah it's it's pretty weird mm -hmm. pretty fucked up yeah and this bennett braun guy he is, I think, on the malicious side. We've talked in the past of like, well, were the therapists just stupid? Were they misguided? How how do you get how to do that you get point? to that point? And I think Bennett Braun was someone that was seeking fame for yeah. himself. Well, and they he, took away his medical license, and he was like, "Watch this, mm-hmm. hold my beer." Yeah, and he's like, "Bam!" I wonder what he's doing today. I don't think that I've followed up, but I'm sure if we Google it, he's... Bennett Braun sounds like an evil dictator <laughs> from like a movie. It's, we got to take down Bennett Braun. Golden Eye or something. Mm, Yeah, like a villain in a movie. I want to go back to on the ISSTD's website. I was clicking around on there and there's really pretty funny frequently asked questions section. (laughs) But my favorite question I want to read to you guys. I went to therapy because I was sad and now I'm told I have a dissociative disorder. I don't have a history of trauma. I had a happy childhood. Can you help me sort this out? So basically... I was just diagnosed with a dissociative identity disorder and I don't think I have this. And the answer is that you just don't know as much as your therapist. Seriously. It's like a three or four paragraphs. Oh no, it's longer. It's like six paragraphs about don't fight your therapist on DID. It's probably if you, (laughs) if you feel like you had a happy childhood, it's probably because you blocked your childhood. So like just no one is allowed to have been happy as a kid. It's just not possible. According to these people, they're so hooked on like sexual abuse and childhood trauma that they can't accept if their patient is telling them, hey, no, that doesn't fit me at all. They're like, oh, it's just buried deeper. You just don't get it, sweetie. Yeah, exactly. That's oh, basically God. what they're. Oh, Ugh. I know. And it's Makes like nauseous. sick to read. And I think that it just ties into this whole idea of how similar it is to a cult. 
because they separate you from your family. They tell you that what you know is wrong. It's like brainwashing. It's brainwashing. It's the signs of a cult. And people weren't really aware of that cult growing. They don't have the same understanding of cults that we do now, I think. Right. As far as I know. Yeah. And that kind of led to the brainwashing cult phenomenon. They called it the cult wars in the 70s through the 90s when these groups got together to fight against brainwashing cults, which originally was the big one, the family led by Charles Manson. They were like, we can't let this happen anymore. It's nuts. The, our young teenage brain children are joining these cults. So it's like people protesting against cults? Yeah, they, it was organizations getting together to fight against brainwashing and cults. They I called see. them the anti-cult movement, okay. the ACM. Which Richard Ufshi was a big part of. Yeah, Richard Ufshi later, this was probably a little bit before his time, okay. but later he did definitely got involved by debunking a lot of that shit. Okay, kind of drawing attention to the fact that what they're doing is manipulative. Yeah, they can convince people into thinking things mm-hmm. that never happened, just yeah. like our therapists so these, they call them the new religious movements or the NRMs is what they're fighting against, the new religious movements, which, is which the are word, all the small little, which is the nice way of saying cult. cult. I see. Yeah. So like how we say alt-right instead of Nazis. Yeah. We can't, we don't call them Nazis, even though that's what they are. Okay. These are the new religious movements. Okay. Which, you know, are good, but also mm. bad. You, any sort of big religious movement is probably not great yeah. to come out. And they linked the family, Charles Manson's family in there. Now they're thinking that the rise of Scientology would fit into the new religious movement. Oh, for sure. And at the time, the, the Latter-day Saints were part of that. And then that even goes back further into the 19th century with like when people were fighting against Catholicism and all these new branches of christianity that were foreign and weird this is like oh it's the new religious movement we have to fight against it so this is like the more recent counterculture movement in the 70s 80s 90s that we've been talking about this whole time okay these are organizations coming together to fight against brainwashing people into thinking crazy things. so the memory wars could kind of be wrapped up in the term cult wars yeah like it's kind of a subset of a yeah. cult war. I think the cultural war was first and okay. that made people realize that people could easily be manipulated and brainwashed, which spans into the memory wars, mm. which is like people remembering things that never happened. And the way psychiatrists and therapists fit into this is that these organizations for the anti-cult movement were hiring. They were actually getting paid to bring in therapists and sociologists and people in the medical field to be on their side to debunk brainwashing. I see. They called it deprogramming. Okay. So they would find people that were in cults, like get them, deprogram them, which was like uncultifying them Mm. somehow. And then they would get paid to be doing these for these, these organizations. So there was initially one called the Cult Awareness Network that we had talked about. And that was, yeah, can. And that was part of that kind of grew into the False Memory Syndrome Foundation. But mm. Cameron was telling me earlier. They actually became super popular in the in the new religious movement, being against it in the anti-cult movement. They had their own little group called CAN. 
and they um, actually got the pants sued off of them by um, a Pentecostal group who they had accused, like, try to bring on their side and, like, de- de-cultify them or whatever. And they actually ended up going bankrupt in 1995. But the funny thing is they were very anti-Scientology. And in 1995, when they went bankrupt, Scientology actually bought their logo and their name. So now Scientology owns the logo for Can and their name so that they can no longer, nobody can pick that back up and be like, we're back. As the Cult Awareness Network. Cult Awareness Network owned is by owned by a cult. It's pretty hilarious. So stupid. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense if you're a Scientologist. Of course you would want to buy them out. Yeah, you don't want that be spreading around anymore. They're all really powerful and dangerous. That's kind of like, even just watching the Scientology show with Leah Ramini, watching them follow her and try and scare her, and they, they like look up plane tickets. Like, they can like track where you're going. I didn't quite understand it, but they like look up where you're landing and they'll send like PIs that they have hired and they'll like follow you and hang out in your hotels and just try and like terrify you into backing down and it's really scary yeah it's not like child's play stuff these people have billions of dollars on the line and they are they don't want you talking about Mm -hmm. how it's not real well yeah people disappear from scientology all the time it's like where'd they go yeah are they in hiding are they dead yeah nobody really knows probably most of them are in hiding from Scientology. scientology or dead or dead Anyway, so I mean, that's I know. the stuff that the anti-cult movement is fighting against. Mm-hmm. It got a big following around the time of the satanic panic because all these new religious movements were popping up, like mm-hmm. the People's Temple and Jim Jones and all that was going on. They were like, oh, my God, yeah. like, we have to stop this, which is good. Uh, the anti-cult movement was was a positive thing. Yeah. But at the same time, it led to a lot of psychology practices that we now see as silly and outdated we do but not everyone does and i think that one of the only reasons that it really went underground was because people weren't being awarded in the courts on the false memory syndrome foundation website where they've got all that those statistics about the amount of suits being filed they also have a statistic about how many were won in the plaintiff's favor and almost none of them were so i think that the only reason that it went underground is that they weren't getting monetary results in court from it there was no real ending. It was never really like, oh, this is not true. Like mm. the general public kind of, it just kind of faded from. There's just no proof. It's just all, if you come to court with false memories recovered from your kooky therapist, it's like, okay, we got more, you know. Yeah. Like, I know it ruined your life, but like we have no way of dealing with Exactly. This. The burden on, of proof is on you to prove. And there's some pretty funny transcripts you can read. I mean, funny is not the best word ha, ha, <laughs> but it's like th- it's it's attorneys asking their clients do you have any proof and they're like nope and they're like do you want to try and find proof and they're like nope <laughs> <laughs> not really yeah exactly and the attorney's like i don't really have anything we can do then well you can't do that your honor i'm legally dead <laughs> think it's nice to take money from a corpse now that'll cost you 25 dollars more so all that stuff about the memory wars and the False Memory Syndrome Foundation, the ISSTD, Bennett Braun, all that crap is kind of the beginning of the end. Like I said before, you see it peter out where people aren't in court. They aren't winning. And so it kind of like starts to peter and go underground. Which is where we are today. It's mm-hmm. all all these people that are still fighting 
for and against these memory regression and court cases are it's a pretty small group of people yeah but they're still there they're powerful and they're loud Mm -hmm. but they're still there just a few thousand so to wrap up the satanic panic we just really want to hammer home how it was like the perfect shit storm of things that built into this massive hysteria It was law enforcement, social work, therapy, religious backlash. It was the media frenzy going on. And it was inevitable that someone was going to become the scapegoat. And what was so terrifying about it is that the people who were the scapegoats were people who had children, who worked near children, who came in contact with children. If you were a friggin' bus driver, you were susceptible to this panic. And once you're accused of horrible sexual abuse of children there's really no bouncing back from that no you're scarred you lose your job you lose your kids you lose your wife your neighbors hate you everyone in your small town thinks that you're a satanist you're on that website with the dot on the map of the sexual predators in your neighborhood exactly i mean there's no and these are just your average joes it's just your mom your dad your grandma your uncle your aunt you call my mom a Satanist pedophile. She's a nurse at a hospital. Son of a bitch. She probably. That's true. She does work with kids. She could have been in one of those. She's a Satanist. That's true. Can you imagine? I'm just remembering. Yeah. (laughs) I had forgotten. Mama, no. These people were all proven to be innocent, but it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. They're they're wrecked for life. We covered the McMartin preschool trial. Came to nothing. What? Yeah. The results of that were the most expensive trial at the time in American history and no convictions. No convictions. We, Paul Ingram, he went to jail, but then was later released. Because they were like, oops. Dan and Fran Keller. Oops. Mm-hmm. Lots of oopses. Baby X, I don't think we talked about, but similar oopsie. Oopsie, oopsie. It, I mean, it, you can look that one up. It just fizzles out. Yeah, they fizzle out. With, they, yeah, that which, was a, a case that we had talked about in depth together, not on the podcast, but as a baby that they found and blamed its death on satanic worship, and then it just came to absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like, it just went away. Yeah. Like, the money spent, the people just putting their man hours into in Thurston County here in Washington, we've talked about that before, they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars convicting people, Yeah, and it's all just, like, false. And now today they're just too embarrassed to even give us a case file. Yeah. Yeah. They destroyed it. Yeah. There's one. We talked to um, a woman named Teresa Newman, who's a professor of law. And she and her team are still working. She and her students. It, she yeah, does it as like law her. teacher. Yeah. They are still working on debunking someone who's in jail right now. His name is Andrew Chandler Jr. He was a bus driver. And he is still in jail to this day. And she has her students trying to work to free this poor man. When it just blows my mind. I mean, when we were talking to her, it's like you can just feel in the pit of your stomach. Just like, oh, my God, these poor people. And she's having to do this every single day to fight for this man. And she's like, oh, my God, it's so stupid. Mm -hmm. And in her voice, it's just like the kids claim that he took them out on a boat, took them off of the bus to a boat, sexually molested them. And then got back on the bus and kept Just going. Do do do. Like, where's the, the boat? Whose boat? Like, yeah. What? Yeah. Where did this friggin' boat come yeah. from? So the whole thing is just absolutely terrifying. And it can, I mean, it can happen to anyone. It can happen again. Hopefully the winds don't sway that way. But with the current climate in America, I mean, we're fed false information constantly. It could come back around. 
or something similar like this, a hysteria of mm-hmm. some sort. So but just be vigilant. That. I guess that's really what we're talking about is be like aware. Be, yeah, check your sources. I mean, double check us. We made up a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm not even here. <laughs> Cameron, Cameron who? Yep, this is Hannah. She's throwing her voice. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. I had a lot of fun making this. I had a ton of fun. And it kind of blew my mind every single day, the more research I did. Yeah. We've been looking into this for years, and it's a lot of stuff we wanted to get off of our chest. Mm-hmm. And this is how we did it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Fear is and can be a real powerful weapon. And people seem to respond to fear and pain more than any single thing. Visit us online at satanicpanicpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at satanicpanicpodcast. Special thanks to Stephen S. for providing the artwork and Eric Z. for providing the equipment. Theme music to our show is provided by Free Music Archive and the song is Night Owl by Broke for Free. Thanks for tuning in. Hail Satan.